Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mission Success, Women in Multifamily. I'm Laura Kalugar, Senior Editor with Multi-Housing News. We're kicking off this podcast season with a topic that should constantly be on our radars, human trafficking in multifamily. This is a very sensitive yet palpable issue that can affect any community in the U.S., How can property management staff tell when someone is in danger? How are they supposed to react? And how can we combat this phenomenon together? Stephanie Anderson, an industry expert and thought leader at talent and customer management solutions company Grace Hill, is here to teach us what to do when seeing signs of human trafficking at a multifamily community. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you so much for inviting me. First, because maybe not all of our listeners are very familiar with this crime, could you please tell us what the most common forms of human trafficking are? And most importantly, what do all these crimes have to do with multifamily and rental housing? That's a great question. There are three major forms of human trafficking that everyone should be aware of. There's child sex trafficking, there is adult sex trafficking, and then there is labor trafficking. So a quick overview of each one, child sex trafficking is a crime using force, fraud, or coercion to induce another person to sell sex. Um, Examples could include escort services, pornography, illicit massage businesses, brothels, things of Mm -hmm. those nature. Adult sex trafficking does differ from child sex trafficking because there is consideration of consent. Uh, Once you are of an age, it is considered the ability to make that consent. So it's still that force, fraud, or coercion that must be present in this form of trafficking. And the the distinction, uh, you know, is to try to prevent people from using terms like child prostitution, which was commonly used in the past. And then there's labor trafficking, which is the crime of using that force, fraud, or coercion to induce another individual as it pertains to work or providing a service. Uh, Some common types may include domestic work, restaurants, cleaning services, and carnivals, you know, for another example. So your question was, how is this applicable to rental housing? That is a great question. Uh, Realistically, our our on-site team, so those who are working at the properties are the eyes and ears of their community. They have the ability to observe and respond based on what they see. So apartments and hotels are top choices for housing because it's easy to access and Mm -hmm. it's easy to house and transport multiple persons. So, uh, you know, this post-pandemic world that we're in right now. Um, has really caused the human trafficking to elevate um, and and get worse because life as we know it, the reality is that people are online leasing more and they're also doing resident management online. That's like the norm. So we're not Mm -hmm. seeing people face to face. And just like we're seeing an increase in fraud for this, it's easier for those who are involved in human trafficking, those perpetrators to be able to, in their eyes, get away with it because there's less physical eyes on them as compared to previously. Mm -hmm. So help us understand just how serious this issue is in the U.S. and why multifamily property managers need to know that human trafficking can affect any community. How widespread is it? And do you have any nationwide statistics? 
Yes. So this problem is a lot bigger than many may realize. Today, there's approximately 21 million victims worldwide, with 71% of those being women and girls. The U.S. Department of Defense has called human trafficking the fastest growing crime in our country. So in the United States, it's faster than drug trafficking, which is mind boggling to many people. Yeah, it's worrying as well. Oh, absolutely. Because human trafficking can be used repeatedly versus drug trafficking is usually, uh, you know, segmented. But Mm -hmm. in human trafficking, people are are repeatedly used over and over and over again. So these victims create opportunities for someone to make money and they are used for typically three to five years, though we find that some exceed that. Uh, and, And just so you know, you know, six trafficking generates over 99 million in the U.S. because people like to say that this is a crime that typically happens in foreign countries and overseas. In the Mm -hmm. U.S. alone, $99 million is what's generated um, roughly. So that is a lot. And when we think about rescuing these these victims, merely 1% are rescued. Oh my God, that's that's Almost no one gets rescued. Absolutely. So so property managers have this opportunity. Multifamily housing has this opportunity to really step in and see what's happening and respond to that. And are there any U.S. areas that have the highest human trafficking reports? Are there any areas that are more prone to this crime? there's this myth that crime is occurring predominantly, this type of crime in foreign countries and even low income areas. But the reality is that it happens everywhere. Just like the saying, crime knows no zip code. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't base your opinion of the issue being prevalent on location status. Now, with that being said, there are areas that are going to be top of mind. California, Texas, Florida, New York, even Virginia has gotten up there in statistics. But because the reporting has not been properly reported in the past, it's hard to state exactly the accuracy in terms of how high it is and what states are the highest. And how can property managers and and anyone else, for that matter, recognize a potential human, human trafficking victim? What are the first signs that should ring the alarm in our minds? I do want to preface my answer uh, with saying that just because a resident or prospective resident checks off the boxes that I'm going to mention, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is specifically human trafficking. Of course, context is everything and it could be something else going on. And this is where we depend on property managers to really use their awareness and judgment here. You know, top of mind would be too many people living in one apartment, Um, an unusual amount of people coming in and going going out from one apartment, particularly if the visits are short, think less than an hour, maybe 15 to 45 Mm -hmm. minutes at a time. Um, If maintenance is going to an apartment for an inspection or a work order, if they notice that interior locks are installed on doors and windows that keep people in versus standard would be those that would keep people out. Think about unusual things, multiple mattresses in a room, um, unsanitary living conditions um, where people are not properly taken care of and their sanitary issues. Those would be things to, to keep top of mind. Typically, a victim of human trafficking is not left alone. So if they would 
come into your rental office or they would be having a conversation with a neighbor. They're typically never going to be by themselves. And in fact, they won't really communicate a lot because they are taught to be very quiet and submissive so that the perpetrator is the one that is in control of, of the situation. Um, this person may not drive. Um, they will kind of act skittish at times. They could look malnourished, um, unsanitary, not really taken care of. Um, they would avoid eye contact. So if you did try to have a conversation with them, they would not really engage in that conversation. That could look like someone who would show signs of maybe mental or physical abuse um, or someone in need of medical care that has been deferred. Mm -hmm. And is there any way the staff can recognize a perpetrator when living with them in the same community or, or what type of actions or behavior should raise suspicions? So um, are they asking questions like, where are cameras at on your property? <laughs> are they near a parking lot? How easy can I access the apartment from a vehicle? Things of that nature uh, that really allow them to have the most control out of the situation. And uh, additional things may be where, they're, where they want their apartment located in their community. Okay, so if we see any of that, we should pay close attention. Yes, really become aware of it. Um, a lot of times they move victims in groups. So if you're noticing that a group of people are picked up and, and dropped off and taken back at the same time each day, that's not to say that they're not traveling for work or carpooling, but I think that there's a distinction between what you see as compared to these uh, other descriptors that mm -hmm. would allow you to realize uh, there may be something underlying here that, that is of concern. And now, how should property managers respond to a suspected human trafficking situation? What is the best course of action? You know, I think this is where people get the most uncomfortable because they realize something isn't right. Maybe it's their gut. Maybe they see mm -hmm. some of the signs that we've spoken about before and they get a little uneasy as to what do I do next? The first thing I always want to tell people is don't be the physical hero. You don't want to confront someone because it's not safe. And honestly, it can lead to additional problems like injuries or even future litigation. For example, if you were to make a false claim against someone exactly. that became untrue. So instead, Instead, you know, the best advice is that you can report suspicious activity anonymously through using the human trafficking hotline. And what's really cool about this, Laura, is that they, you know, created a text messaging and an SMS text messaging uh, number as well. So if you are uncomfortable with even talking to someone, you can text and, and just give some basic information and kind of go from there. And again, mm -hmm. you stay anonymous but you're reporting it so that you feel better about the situation and let them do the investigating. Let them figure out if it's something that they should be pursuing or not. Of course, don't take any risks. Absolutely. And are there any preventative measures that property management companies can set up at their communities to combat this, this issue, this crime? You know, prevention is really key. And I think we've noticed over the years, even outside of multifamily, 
that when we look at prevention, it's usually not what's top of mind. It's usually more of the awareness and responding and reacting. And so being able to take preventative measures is going to be really key to combating this issue here. Having a policy in place for your company is important. Um, Do you go to the hotline, like we said before, or is there somebody internally you need to be reporting this to? Um, Other things that really help are the amount of cameras that you have. Typically, uh, you know, apartment communities, especially newer ones, they're installing cameras and they're making sure that they're in common areas, but also include hallways, elevators, parking lots, um, areas where you could see more of a a full picture of what's happening within Mm -hmm. your community, not just per se a clubhouse or fitness center. Um, You know, maintenance plays a key role here. So routine maintenance inspections, most companies do them. Typically, you find that they do those quarterly, but those are really key to getting inside of an apartment and not just to determine deferred maintenance and to make sure that the asset is preserved. But ultimately, it's to ensure that what's going on inside of the home is acceptable. So that really helps us to enforce occupancy standards, sanitary standards, and things of that nature. So I think that that's going to be really, really important uh, with, with prevention. I know that Grace Hill has a very important partnership with I Empathize. What are you doing together to to raise awareness of human trafficking among multifamily professionals? This is a great question. So um, I think I want to shed a little bit of light here on the history of kind of how human trafficking came to be in multifamily, kind of a top of mind. Um, Towards the end of 2019, I was working for NAA and our PR team was concerned about a major lawsuit that was hitting hotel chains. And it was several major hotel chains that it was hitting based on a victim that had been, she had been trafficked within multiple hotels. Mm -hmm. And she felt as though, even though she escaped, that there were so many signs there and no one, they they all failed to look for those signs and to help her. She could have been saved many, many years prior to that. And so when that lawsuit came out, typically what we find is what happens in hospitality eventually comes around to the rental housing industry, Mm -hmm. sometimes quicker than not. So during the first quarter of 2020, we determined as a PR team in a, a nonprofit, how do we get ahead? And that's when we were introduced from one of our members to I empathize a nonprofit organization based out of Orlando, Florida, and they are specifically geared towards human trafficking prevention and awareness. So then I connected Grace Hill um, about the second quarter of 2020 with I empathize prior to me coming to Grace Hill to work. And we started to put together a course. Um, Initially, our intentions were the state of Florida was rolling out requirements that were mandated for anyone working in hospitality and multifamily to have training. Uh, Mm -hmm. to help look for these things. And so we started off with the idea of let's get a course approved by the state of Florida. And so we rolled that out in October of 2020. And it was designed specifically for multifamily owners and operators, which uh, there really wasn't one prior to that. So it, it, it was a big deal. So now back to your question, what does our partnership look like now? So since 2020, and we began that partnership, we've realized the imminent need for additional education. So this topic has not only been a hot topic that is of interest to many on-site professionals, but how do we make that impact? How do we take additional parts of this topic that can help move this forward? So how do we take that basic information 
Mm-hmm. and elevate it. So Grace Hill and I empathize will continue to work on new content. We've been doing that now. That content is in the form of training courses, blogs, ebooks and so forth. And you know, this is really an opportunity for us to bring additional awareness and resolution to human trafficking. Um you know, this content will focus not just on the what is trafficking um, and you know, who are the traffickers, what are the targets and the tactics, uh, but additional ways to report and respond. And this is going to be important because this is directly impacting specific housing markets within multifamily. And we have to be able to offer training that's going to help with that, uh, specifically company positions. So let's take this vital information and let's apply it to learning paths and careers within multifamily that makes it real. So so how does your service technician need to know about human trafficking? What does he need Mm -hmm. to know? Why does it matter? How do we get his buy-in? And then how do we equip him to make a difference? That's the impact that this partnership is going to be able to do. That's great to hear. It's it's surely needed. Absolutely. I know you also have a human trafficking course with the NAA. Tell us more about it, please. Uh, Who should take this course? What will they learn? Great question. Anyone in multifamily should be taking this course, specifically if you are an on-site professional because you are the eyes and ears of the community, as we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But so many companies now are getting a lot more hands-on in operations. And so I think it's really important that you find out more information by taking courses like this, even if you are in the corporate level of of the business. Human trafficking affects so many. And I'll tell you, Laura, when I first got into human trafficking, I was blown away by how many myths, things we think we know that are based on facts that we see in movies and mainstream media and Mm -hmm. TV that in fact are not exactly accurate. So to be able to find out the information, it could help you not just in multifamily, but shopping at your local target or, you Mm -hmm. know, being in your own community and being able to know what to look for and how to respond. So the course that we partnered with, with NAA, it's only a one hour course. It's super, super interesting. So I promise you that hour goes by so quick. It gives you an in-depth look into human trafficking, how it affects our industry, how a owners and operators can respond and just digs in a little bit deeper than the conversation that we're having here today. And so I, I recommend that everyone take it. I'll tell you, since we created the course back in October of 2020, it, it has had over 92,000 uh, wow. course completions. So I, people are taking it and the feedback we have gotten is so much more than we could have ever anticipated. People are loving the information and they're asking for more. That's a great feedback for you, I guess. It is. You know, 92% of the people when we surveyed them recommended the course. And that to us is great because it's not just about sharing the information, but it's about providing that information that they can really take back and use to make an impact in their community. And to wrap up our discussion, um, Just to make sure everyone listening to this conversation knows exactly how to properly respond to such situations, could you please do a very short roundup of the steps a multifamily professional should take when seeing signs of human trafficking at their community? Three important words for you here. Learn, recognize, and respond. We're helping you with this first part right off the bat with learning. You know, awareness and response are two key factors to remember. 
there's the saying, when you see something, say something. And that could not be more true in this situation. How to report and respond is so very important. You know, on-site team members do a great job of being aware of things like curb appeal and resident issues, maintenance, lease violations, and, and so much more. We're asking for this awareness to peek their eyes and ears to the potential actions and behaviors that may raise suspicions of human trafficking situations. Um, you know, I kind of compare this a little bit to first aid training. Mm-hmm. Many times we take first aid training because it's always that what if in our mind, when, what if something happened, I want to be equipped to know what to do. And I think the the very similar thought process should be taken here. Uh, the only difference is I don't think with human trafficking, it's a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when. I think at some point in everyone's career, they will experience this, especially if you're on the site team level mm-hmm. and you want to know what to do. You want to know how you can impact and save lives. It really is that huge. It may only seem like you're just learning a couple of things here and there, but the magnitude of it is not lost on us to just the impact that could be made here. Um, You know, to circle back, I think it's really important for your company to have a policy for your employees. How do they respond? What do they look for? And who makes the decision on where to report and how to report? Uh, This is going to be huge here. I think companies have an opportunity themselves to to learn this information and to implement policies to assist their team members with this information. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for for sharing all these insights and pieces of advice. I'm sure they were all very useful. Thank you so much for allowing me this platform to be able to share something that we at Grace Hill are so passionate about. I hope this was useful to all of you. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to visit multihousingnews.com for the latest news, interviews, and podcasts.